Episode 113, Be That Knock at the Door. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hey, elite educators. This is Gretchen from Always a Lesson. I am an educator who realized that lessons are all around us if we just take the time to notice. And then when we do, we can perfect our craft. Well, this podcast is for the elite. Those are the ones that really take the time to invest in themselves, like listening to a podcast like this one, so that they then can be their best for those that they serve. So I share with you the lessons I learned, am learning, and will learn so that you can apply those nuggets of knowledge without the baggage that comes with learning the lesson yourself. And my aim is to empower you every episode, so tune in for what's in store for you today. This podcast episode is especially for teacher leaders as we talk about investing in your colleagues to help build investment, camaraderie, and even career longevity. So let's reignite your passion and your potential. Are you ready? Here we go. Happy end of summer. I can't believe some of you have already gone back. I don't think you've had kiddos yet, but you sure have got your classroom set up. You've had all your team meetings, even some staff meetings. You have been busy. I know administration has been busy preparing the school and ensuring teachers are ready, but then there's teacher leaders who are kind of doing a little bit of both. They're preparing their own classrooms, but also helping their colleagues, whether it's provide the PD that they need or setting up meetings to look at incoming student data, whatever it might be. You are definitely some busy folks, so I wanted to take some time to pour into you today. Well, it's often said that education is all about relationships, and we know for sure that's true. We're only as strong as our weakest link. So if you're a leader and your job is to continue to lift everyone upwards, you have to make sure that your bottom continues to rise. And the only way you do that is in constant investment and making sure that everyone's on the same page. And that can be pretty exhausting, but I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be. Well, part of relating to people is you got to be in physical proximity to them. So if you don't connect, you can't collaborate and rise up. So set aside some time to meet with the people that you're going to lead this year and just flat out ask them, what do you want to accomplish? You know, whether it's one goal or three goals, whatever, but then ask them, how can I help you get there? And that's what I did. I met with every team member and I wrote down their goals in my little journal and every month we would sit back down, we'll reevaluate how they were doing to get there, and then also adjusting, you know, my level of support, how I could be there for accountability, because I really wanted to make sure they were achieving the things that they wanted, but also that, that I was giving them the support they needed. You know, what resources can I give you, or, or just a lending ear, or how can I check in? One colleague and I ended up texting constantly. That was the accountability they liked. Another colleague had alarms set on their phone. Depending on who you're leading, there could be definitely different types of accountability supports that you can put in place. But that all can only happen after you've met with, with each of them. 
So that's what it reminds me of, like, Publisher's Clearinghouse. I almost named this episode that, by the way. But it's like knocking on someone's door and you're making their dreams come true. I can't tell you how shocked my colleagues were when I showed up and said, Hey, what do you want to do this year and how can I help you get there? They were like, Wait, what? Don't you know we have to implement this program? And don't you know I have the common core standards to hit? And don't you know I have the lowest kid in all the school? And don't you know I've got three behavior problems? And don't you know every one of my kids is on IEP? I'm like, yeah. So what do you want to do this year? (laughs) And they're like, I don't have time to do anything else. And I'm like, no, really, it's important for me to know who you are and where you want to go personally and professionally. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that in a bit, but it was the best decision I ever made. So if you do one thing back to school, ask somebody, what do you want to accomplish and how can I get you there? I didn't really tell anybody that I was going to be this type of leader, but when I was gifted with five other colleagues, I I said, I really want to do this well. I want to practice everything I've I've read about leadership. This is the stuff I love. I don't want all the other stress of being a classroom teacher to take away from me really being the leader I want to be because I didn't have time or didn't have the energy. And I wanted to start off strong. I have to admit that every colleague was surprised that I wanted to meet with them prior to the school year and not even discuss school stuff. (laughs) I mean, we'd already met, you know, to plan for the quarter and met for team building stuff and other random staff meetings. But these meetings I wanted to set up were really personalized and they were intimate and they were super relaxed, but they were super important. I would, you know, grab my journal and you know me and my Dr. Pepper and cozy up to that coworker, just ready to listen. This meeting was not led by me. It wasn't about my agenda It was literally a blank piece of paper that I had no idea where this meeting was going to go based on what they told me. This meeting was all about them. Forget the standards. Forget the requirements. Forget outside pressures. I really just honed in on them. And I said, what is one thing you want to do to accomplish this year for yourself? And I got answers ranging from, you know, maintaining a healthier diet to leaving school by a certain time to get home with enough time to, you know, walk the dogs or play with the kids and Then I'd follow up, well, what can I do to make sure you accomplish that? And that's when silence hit the room. And I'm okay with awkward silence. I just let it be. I let it simmer. I used wait time. (laughs) I wanted to make sure that they really heard me and that they took me seriously about my intention of wanting to help them achieve these personal goals. You know, no one's ever asked them before what they wanted to do and how someone could help them and you know, they, a lot of them even said, why do you care? And a few of them said, why are you doing this for me? I mean, they truly were just so shocked. Well, here's why this is so important. If I'm going to lead you, I need to know you. I need to know what makes you tick, what you're balancing outside of work, what your preferences are, etc. And the more I know, the better I know how to approach you and where to lend a hand and how to appeal to your style. And by investing in someone on such personal levels, they realize I'm not here to boss them around or make them feel inferior just because I have a leadership title or a task. You know, I care about them, the whole them, not just the teacher them. I want them to succeed because if they succeed, their kids are going to succeed and our team and school are going to succeed. It's a win-win. But to be honest, strategically, I knew if I could help them remain accountable to their personal goals, then they would be more invested at school. So I ended up being more of a life coach that year than a team leader. I talked to a colleague um, into counseling to help her remain emotionally constant and capable of just showing up to work every day. 
I talked to another colleague about child custody and how to work through that battle by being fair to all parties and really just keeping that perspective on long-term benefits for the child. I talked to a colleague through body dysmorphia and how to just love all those attributes by using a daily affirmation journal. I mean, you name it. I was there. And you might think that's none of your business as a leader, and you're probably right. But for me and my team, and at that time, and it was the best thing I ever did. As a leader, I was so in tune to what was happening. I avoided conflicts because I was intervening as, you know, the clues and the signs were starting to show. I was providing support above my job title in these unique moments because it required it. And because of this investment, my team showed up every day, which was a rarity in the past. You know, being absent just killed the team because subs stopped showing up and suddenly we had to disperse, you know, a class of 30 among us. And our our team from the outside looked like a random bunch of folks with nothing in common, and that's probably pretty accurate. But because of these dream meetings, as I called them, we found so many areas of commonalities, you know, areas we wanted to hide and never admit to having. But because of them, we adored one another and we bonded on deeper levels. I mean, we bent over backwards for one another. As a leader, I couldn't have created this environment by myself, but I had to be willing to start it. And then from there, the team had to be willing to receive it. And going forward, we all had to be willing to continue it. So if you are leading others, you need to tap into vulnerabilities because those direct behavior more than any other factor. Those pain points can make or break a year depending on how much you are aware and willing to provide support that might not always be, you know, instructionally related. I was still teaching at the time, so this became a full-time job, but our grade level killed test scores, any growth predictions, all because our commitment to each other to show up, do and be our best, and rely on one another made sure that happened. It was just a whole lot of drama 24-7, only because I was involved in each one of their personal stories, getting over their personal obstacles, but without that intervention, I can only imagine (laughs) what that year would have been like. I I would have been so frustrated when my colleague wasn't showing up to work and I would have been so annoyed that another colleague didn't want to plan with the team and I would have been so worried that the other one couldn't keep a dry eye. But because I knew what they were facing, I adjusted my approach. I was able to take on more emotionally and and stress-wise because I had the details. And those goals that we set at the beginning of the year, not only did every single one of the team members accomplish those personal goals, They met and surpassed all goals that were set by the admin team. I mean, like I said, we just killed it that year. I wouldn't change a thing. It's one of my favorite years. I learned a lot about servant leadership and using personal motivators to propel professional goals. Uh, I became more approachable, uh, level-headed, emotionally constant. I had to be. I was there for everyone, making sure to keep the boat afloat. Well, these attributes then spilled over into all other areas in my life, making me just a better person overall. And to this day, those colleagues remain in touch. And every single one said, you were the best leader I ever had. You know, and I'm not saying that to gloat. I say it because every leader needs to be that type of leader. You don't have to do things the way I did them, but you should take such an interest in helping those that you lead become the best version of themselves, that you're willing to listen, to plan, to goal set personally, just like you would do professionally, it's really going to create a long-term bond with never-ending benefits. 
So when you show up to their classroom door and you knock, announcing you're here to make their dreams come true, just like Publishers Clearinghouse, I want to remind you that it's going to take more than that one conversation and more than an instructional eye to get it done. So here's what you need to do. Meet with colleagues you lead before school starts. In a journal, track those personal and professional goals. So remember to remain professional and protect the privacy of what's shared, but writing it down helps when you do follow-up meetings. Speaking of, follow up monthly with each person in a private meeting. You're going to get caught up and kind of reevaluate your level and type of support. And then pour into colleagues in ways that they need once a week at least, to just keep them moving and and making progress towards these goals. And if it is and when it is appropriate, share these goals with your admin team. That helps obviously keep them in the loop, but also they'll provide additional support to you and to these teachers to help them accomplish their goals. And many times they'll be cheerleading more than, than anything else. So go be that knock on the door for someone this year. Be the gift that makes their dreams come true because when they're motivated and focused and feel supported, they are going to move mountains. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on leading with intention and purpose so that colleagues achieve personal and professional goals. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. This podcast is a member of the Education Podcast Network, a podcast network that encourages you to think about your profession and succeed in the world of education. Whether you're a first-year educator or a seasoned veteran, there is a podcast for you. All of the shows are produced by educators who want to shape education through meaningful discussion and content. So head on over to edupodcastnetwork.com for more details. (laughs) 